Welcome to The Writer's Edge, a podcast exploring writing across the disciplines from the arts to the sciences and everything in between. We're coming to you from Shark Tank Number 2 in the NSU Writing and Communication Center on the fourth floor of the Alvin Sherman Library in Davie, Florida. My name is Mimi and I am a graduate assistant coordinator at the NSU Writing and Communication Center and one of the hosts of Writer's Edge. Today we will be talking with Dr. Flo Davis, a graduate of NSU's Speech Language Pathology doctoral program. She has recently launched a female-led minority-owned indie publishing company called Aces Destiny Publishing, and she has recently published her first book. Welcome Dr. Davis, an NSU alumna, publishing company owner, and published novelist. When is your novel coming out again? Our novel actually came out last week. We were going to um, put the novel out on on October 1. October celebrates Gullah, Geechee, Heritage, and Cultural Month. But we had so much interest in the book, we decided to release a week early. Could you speak to the experience of publishing your first novel. Was it challenging? How did your background tie into this accomplishment? So our company, Aces Destiny, um, it is led by two Black women. Neither of us have a background in publishing at all. I don't think we even really wanted to publish for the public. We would just write personally for ourselves. My background is in speech pathology, and she also has a medical background, and my partner is Shawana Boings. And when we started, we were completely clueless. We had no idea what we were doing. We just knew we did not want to go the route of traditional publishing. So there was a lot of research, a lot of background work, in addition to actually writing the book. And it took about maybe two years before we kind of put everything together as far as writing the book, getting all the edits done, figuring out how to start the company, making it legit, and it just fell together cohesively. (laughs) And we're still learning as we go, but it is a lot of background work. My background is speech pathology. I don't think it affected creating the publishing company, but it did affect how we wrote the book as far as characters and their speech, language patterns. Can you explain to our listeners what a speech language pathologist might do? So when most people think of speech language pathology, they have no idea what that is, but they know the speech teacher from school. And so what speech pathology does, we focus on any persons, whether they're babies, children, adults, geriatrics, if they have any issues with speech, swallowing, memory and cognition, respiratory issues, and it's our job to make sure that all of those functions are functioning properly. And so when you eat, making sure that your food is going down the right way, when you speak, that you're speaking clearly, um, when you're, I mean, um, even with us taking turns talking, that's just a social aspect of language. My specialty, I work strictly with adults in geriatrics. So I see a lot of stroke patients, patients that have had head injuries. And so I help rehab them to get back to their baseline level. It's very different working with adults, which is 
hospitals, home health, nursing homes, versus working with school-aged children. And that's what most people know when they think speech therapy, they know of the speech lady is what they call us at the schools. And they're always working with children, you know, who stutter, who have other issues. And so it's either teaching someone a skill that they've had and lost, which is what I do with adults, versus teaching someone or a child a skill they've never had. Sounds like extremely meaningful work, giving you know someone freedom of expression, freedom to communicate. So is uh, was speech-language pathology something that you knew you wanted to do when you started your studies, or did you discover this interest after um, you know starting at NSU? So my undergraduate degree was in experimental psychology. My plans in life were to be a psychiatrist. My last semester of my senior year, I took a class by accident. I thought I signed up for a Spanish class, but SPA is actually (laughs) speech pathology and audiology. And I took that one class, my final class I needed to graduate, and it changed my life. And so I went on and got a master's degree in speech pathology and went on and got a doctorate degree in speech pathology. And I've never looked back. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) I love that. I know you mentioned that your academic studies didn't necessarily inform your content, but maybe helped a little bit with your writing. So do you think having studied language so closely helped you construct more realistic dialogue or distinct voices for your characters? Yes, I think that helped. I think everyone has the ability to write, but there's something about characters, whether it's in a book or whether it's a TV series that you relate to, and it's always in language, whether it's verbal language or um, gestures. And I think having that background in speech pathology, knowing the speech patterns, knowing speech behaviors, it made the characters more relatable and realistic. And I would definitely say it helped set that foundation for writing within the book. And then I don't know um, if you've seen the film The King's Speech. It's a movie that portrays a character overcoming a stammer. Um, I wanted to ask if there were any realistic representations of speech disorders in popular media that you know of, or is this something that most people or shows um, maybe get wrong about speech disorders? I think from the inside looking out. That's probably one movie that highlights a speech disorder, which we call a stutter. Uh, Most times is looked at as being negative. So I think TV movies, they tend to shy away from that, unless it's a character that's not as important or they use that as a character flaw. The main person in the story or the book or whatnot, they would they always have perfect flowing speech because we like things to flow and to sound natural and realistic when in reality, a lot of people stutter or stammer throughout everyday speech. We just don't bring attention to it. And then moving forward, as you continue with your writing career and your publishing um, company developing that, is it important for you to ensure that there is realistic representation of, um, you know, the speech process or even speech disorders um, in your work? I think for me, writing is a temporary vacation from work. I don't normally think about 
speech or speech disorders as I'm writing. <laughs> but you have given me an idea to possibly uh, give that to a character in a future novel just to bring awareness to most people, like I said, have no idea what we do besides, you know, there's the one kid that can't really speak well and the speech teacher fixes him. And that's not really true. But just to highlight that and to give a character that sort of depth. So now that we've talked about, you know, your background, um, your education, and how that kind of relates to what you do currently, I want to talk about um, your publishing company. I know you gave a shout out to your um, partner. I wanted to know um, how significant it is to you to start a woman and minority-led publishing firm. So my best friend of 25 plus years, I don't think when we did this, because we we started this kind of as, you know, this is our friendly thing to do during quarantine. We were kind of bored. But now that we have other people reaching out to us with interest for us to publish their work, we realize that we set a table or we built a table for other people that look like us um, to put their work out mainstream. And so while it is a challenge that we're definitely up to, we think it's very important because it builds self-esteem. It shows people that, hey, while you're in quarantine, there's possibly something like this that you could also do. And so it's definitely been encouraging and uplifting to other people. There's a lot of aspects that go into managing your own publishing firm. Do you and Ms. Bowens have specific roles in the company or do you have different skills or interests that you bring to the publishing firm? Yes. So we normally, I mean, because it's just the two of us, we normally decide who's going to do what. She is more so of the marketing expert, getting the book out, contacting different magazines or um, book clubs. I would be the behind the scenes, getting the business structure set up, making sure that the accounts are set up, that we contacted the editor, that we're following up. So it, it's always a wheel that's going and going and going. And if we do get tired, you know, we'll pick up the slack. But I want to say that we know what our strengths are and we try to build off of that to make sure that everything flows smoothly. I know publishing firms typically handle aspects of the publishing process that maybe not all authors enjoy, such as arranging marketing and promotion. So I, I wanted to see, is that something you're looking forward to doing or maybe not so much? So one thing we have learned starting out is that marketing never stops. And we were behind on marketing and we didn't know it until we started. Um, it was suggested to us the minute we have an idea for a book or a work of art, that's when marketing should start. Um, so if I have an idea to create a book about you and me, I should start marketing today. So that way people are interested, they're drawn in, and it may take a year, it may take two years, but it's not such a surprise and a shock. And so when the actual work comes out, we've kind of primed people for this and they've been waiting for it and ready for it. So marketing never sleeps. <laughs> it's an ongoing thing and it's very tiresome, but it's rewarding when you see the seeds that you've sown start, you know, starting to come back. And it's like, hey, 
I saw your ad or, hey, I'm going to buy your book. And it's like, I put that out six months ago and finally it's working. <laughs> it's finally working. Yeah, so. it pays off. So then are you going to have your books sold in bookstores at some point? Or do you find that the best way to promote and distribute your work is through um, online sites, through, you know, online marketing? That is where we are as far as a crossroads. Um, I really don't have time, even as a reader, to physically hold a book and, and read a book. So I love audiobooks. My partner, she loves the feel, the touch, the smell of an actual book. So we know right now, especially with quarantine and with COVID and everything, um, it's easier to put everything out digitally. And that's where most people go, especially with Kindle. You can just click and go. But there are still a faithful few that loves an actual book. And then there's also the faithful few that likes to hear the book. So trying to figure out what works best for us, especially being new and unknown, we're going to try our hands at all to see. The book right now is out on Kindle and paper book. And so far, it's been a 50-50. Do you know of any methods nowadays for independent publishers or self-published authors to bypass the traditional ways of getting their work noticed? So do you as an author you know, maintain a profile on sites like Goodreads, or maybe your publishing firm could recommend such venues for other authors that might be listening? So we just created our own website, um, www.acesdestiny.com. We are on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, we do have profiles on other book sites that promotes books, but the most popular right now is Amazon. Um, KDP. And that's where anyone who wants to self-publish, it's basically set up in templates and you can go from there and walk yourself through it. Um, I don't know personally of any other avenue that self-publishing takes place besides Amazon. They may be out there, but I'm not familiar with that. Now that we've talked about kind of the back end structure of your publishing firm, as well as, you know, your experience getting it on its feet, what kind of stories do you hope to bring to readers that might otherwise go untold through your publishing firm? Our book, Black Magic Series, The Bloodstones Jinx, it's a book about Black women-led. Um, sometimes that story is hardly ever told. We kind of delve into fantasy and science fiction, which is also uncommon um, for this genre. Um, we touch on a lot of things dealing with our culture, Gullah Geechee culture, the language, that's the food. And we just tell a story that we rarely see, the hero being Black female. We rarely see Black females in science fiction and fantasy. Um, so to tell those stories that when we look at TV or read other books, it's like, oh, like, why can't this person be the hero or that guy be the hero or this lady, you know, be the science fiction guru. And so we try to bring those things that people may want to see or people don't even know that, hey, this could be a thing. Um, and, to, and, and to say that it's not just singular anyone whether you're you know white black hispanic male female whatever like this could be you in this story you just have to write it and i think that was our inspiration and it's exciting because 
as people are reading it, they can identify or they can see themselves in the story. Like, hey, I, I know someone who's just like this or, hey, this reminds me of me. And that's the thing that we wanted to do writing this book. Would you mind uh, telling us a little bit about your book? Yes. Yeah, so Bloodstone's Jinx is about two women who find out, of course, you know, when someone dies in your family, that's when all the family secrets and gossip comes out. And they find out that there's a whole lot about their lives that they've always questioned. There's a reason why certain things happen a certain way. And so they go through this tale of love and mystery and family drama, and they find out that they actually have some very mystical, magical, and supernatural characteristics that's been in their families for generations. And as they evolve um, and try to figure out, okay, what's happening to us? What's going on? The adventure just continues to grow. And we bring in elements of magic and, you know, hoodoo and voodoo, not the stereotypical way, but realistically within our culture. Um, and they just, you know, kind of grow and discover. And the book itself will be a series. So this is just book one of possibly five books. And so it'll just take you on this adventure and you have to decide, okay, do I want to stay with this adventure or do I want to start my own adventure? And it just kind of makes you dig deep to figure out, okay, well, what's going on in my life and my family that I can relate to? Oh, I love that. That sounds so interesting. Could you maybe speak to your writing process? Maybe give some advice to some aspiring authors that may be trying to write their first novel or book? So yes, we have different writing styles. My partner and I, I love to outline. Um, it helps to keep me organized, whereas she just freestyles writes. She can sit at a computer and just go. So depending on the type of writer you are, if it comes to your head, you have to put it out, whether it's on paper, whether you're typing it, whether you're jotting notes, and the story will continue to grow and change, but you have to see it first. And seeing it means putting it on paper, putting it in ink, putting it on your tablet, and then just growing from there um, and see what style works best. I've tried to just freestyle write, and I came up with like one sentence in a week. <laughs> and my friend tried to outline and she was like, this is giving me panic attacks, like I can't do this. And so you have to figure out what it is that works for you and go from there. Speaking to genre, are you planning on, you know, writing um, consistently within a certain genre or you um do you like to experiment so i think my specialty area will always be science fiction and fantasy and a big part of that is because i've spent my entire life you know with academics i've been in you know preschool and elementary middle high i have all these degrees and so for me it's like this is my escape so i don't want to write you know a self-help book i don't want to write a cookbook i want to go somewhere where I can take a break from the rigor of my everyday life. So for me, that's science fiction and fantasy. My partner, she loves, well, she's delving into science fiction. This is new for her, um, but her specialty area would be historical fiction, urban fantasy. And we're always open, but I know as of right now, that's where I want to stay, science fiction and fantasy. Kind of going back to the process of starting this publishing firm, did you work with any publishers or know of any publishers before you decided to start your own publishing firm? How did that come about? We knew of a few friends that had self-published 
they didn't really present themselves as a publisher to publish other people's works. And so we kind of used that as a stepping stone. We knew that we wanted to be a safe space where other writers who may not have the time or just does, you know, don't have the desire to do all of this themselves. We wanted to be that melting pot for them. Besides a traditional publisher, I don't think we know of anyone that is actually doing this. And if we do, um, we haven't really reached out. Um, this is a very uh, personal type field. And it's almost like you have to kind of figure out your way yourself. There are some people that, you know, offer tips and hints, but there is no instruction manual for this. And so I think that's what makes it a little creative where you might start a publishing company and I might start one and we're all doing the same thing, but we're all doing it differently based on the way we write and based on the stories we present. Many people may not realize, you know, that many famous authors historically were also involved in the printing and publishing industry, such as Walt Whitman, Benjamin Franklin, Virginia Woolf, Mark Twain. So do you find that there is any stereotypes or stigmas attached by readers to authors nowadays who are also publishers, especially of their own work? I think not now. I think because the world is changing so fast and I think quarantine has taught everyone like this is all you get. Um, a, a, probably a while back before I even thought of writing when I would see someone self-publish even I kind of snubbed my nose at them like, well, how dare you, you know, do this yourself and not realizing the work and the effort and the reason why they did it. A, a lot of people decided to self-publish because they wanted to keep their work as is. They wanted to own their own work. And so as we got into this, we thought about traditional publishing, but we realized there was a lot of restrictions, um, The especially when it comes to the money part, like, Wait, I'm doing all of the work, but I'm not getting all of my money back. <laughs> so that was a big part. And so now it's just the freedom and the flexibility that people have. And it's almost like you kind of get a sticker or a star if you do this yourself. Um, I have friends that have published and it's like, oh, OK, she has a book. And then I have friends who have self-published and it's like, oh, my God, like, what did you do? This is amazing. And so now I think the tables are turning where people are a little bit more um, excited and they're more proud if you do something like that, because this is a lot of work. And so to put forth that effort and not just to self-publish, but to create a company where you can publish other people's work even gives you an extra bonus. Yeah. Well, and it gives you agency to do what you want with your work. And I think that's super important that you are handling those big decisions. So then are you going to handle, you know, the layout part of the publishing process? Um, or is that something that you're going to outsource or even ask the authors to have a hand in? So we are definitely going to delegate, uh, especially being writers and authors ourselves. It is just too much to take on. The other thing that we're finding, um, <laughs> this is like another job that we didn't expect it to be such full-time work. We would love to just do this completely full-time, but you know, you can't just write one book and become a millionaire <laughs> overnight. And so keeping up with everyday expenses, regular jobs, um, trying to find that balance. Um, but as of right now, you know, we're using ourselves as the guinea pigs to figure out, okay, what is the best 
plan of action. So when we do take on other authors, we would know what would work best for them. You know, you said you like to write in the sci-fi genre. Is that also what you like to read? Is there a connection between the two? I love to watch science fiction. I, and there are a few books that I've read that has drawn me in. And I, and I would read almost anything, but there has to be some sort of fantasy element to it to hold my attention. And do you have any favorite authors that you would maybe recommend to our listeners? My absolute favorite sci-fi author would be Octavia Butler. She is amazing. And I know she has several books out and one is actually coming to the big screen soon, Kindred. But I would say she would be my top-notch fantasy author. With the mention of, you know, um, books being turned into films nowadays, is that something that you see in your future that you maybe have as a goal? We see ourselves sitting in front of Oprah <laughs> one day talking about our book that has become a Netflix series, that has become a movie. We are definitely aspiring to higher heights. Um, it's just getting our foot in the door and getting started and just seeing this process through. And we definitely have big plans for our work. I want to ask how our listeners can best find out about your books um, that your firm will be publishing. Our very first joint novel, the Black Magic series, Bloodstones Jinx, book one, is available on Amazon, on Kindle, or you can order the paperback. It is available now. Um, we do have some copies on hand that we personally autograph ourselves, and you can just contact us on social media. We are on Facebook. We're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, under the handle Aces Destiny. Do you have any advice for anybody that might be interested in entering the publishing field, um, how to maybe break down any existing barriers? Maybe you have advice for um, women specifically? Keep writing, keep pushing, figure out what works best for you and your schedule, figure out whether you want to do completely online versus paperback versus hardback, figure it out before you just kind of jump in head first and you're just kind of swarming around and set deadlines. You have to set deadlines for yourself. I'm going to write this amount of words per day, per week, per month. Um, my deadline for my book is going to be in six months. That way you're holding yourself accountable. And when the work gets done, you feel so accomplished and it's so worth it. And it makes the works after come even more easier. Being a professional and having a higher degree, I know a lot of people, once they get set in their career or their work path, they feel like they're trapped into just doing one thing. And I am a perfect example that just because you have that nine to five does not mean that you can't go out and still do something as a hobby. Um, or you can have multiple streams of income or have other things that you can do besides work. So if you have an idea, whether it's writing a book, whether it's doing something else, definitely set some time aside, go for it, try it out. And you would be surprised at how much joy it brings and well-roundedness it would bring to your life. Well, Dr. Davis, I thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to sit down and chat with us. I am so excited for your future and what's to come with your publishing company and your book series, and I encourage our listeners to go check that book out. I know I will. 
We thank you all for tuning in to this episode of The Writer's Edge, and we hope you tune in next time. You can submit your own podcast to be featured on ours, and you can even submit your own stories about the Writing Center or any questions that you may have. If you'd like more information about the Writing Center itself, visit our website at nova.edu forward slash WCC. You can also reach out to us at WCC at nova.edu or 954-262-4644. Thank you again for tuning into the Writer's Edge, and we'll be back on your airwaves real soon.